Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. <clears throat> Uh, today, we are going to start off our show by saying if you haven't listened to part one of the Sunset Strip Killers, go listen to that right now and then come on listen. back. Come on back. Listen to this. This is part two of the Sunset Strip Killers. But first, let's take a moment to thank our Patreon contributors. We have Joran, Thomas, Carla... Chad B. We got two Chads. Whoa. Uh, Emily H., who is someone I've known since I was like three years old, and we used to get wasted at Passover together. Aww. So I, when I saw her... When it was I, like for Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. <laughs> I think she did it for Jewish New Year. She's like, Happy New Year, bitch. Yeah. Here's your Patreon. So thank you. I love you. That was so cool to see that um, in my email that you became a Patreon contributor, and I love that you listen to the show. We got Rocco and we got Michael. And also, I want to give a very special happy birthday to our listener, Eric. Happy birthday, Eric. Happy birthday, Eric. So exciting. Uh, so if you would like to become a Patreon contributor, just go to our website at patreon.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. And there we have lots of bonus episodes that are only available to our contributors and they're really dirty and fun we think so yeah uh, some people have even said that they also think they're dirty and fun <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um today's show is sponsored by <laughs> press juicery <laughs> slash not um if they want to sponsor us we're, we're welcome we drink a lot of their juice this i only is a like free the specialty i want the almond based ones <laughs> Because they taste like real food. They're they the taste closest. Like, as Rachel said, they're a bit chunky, so you feel like you're getting something. Oh, it's sad. It's sad. I'm a little loopy because I'm drinking. Um, I'm not. I'm not on a cleanse, but I'm. I'm like. I'm cleansing the fried chicken out of my system from yesterday's right. crazy food you gotta binge. Do, you gotta do. Yeah, you got it. We're, we're LA sevens. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But when I go, when I stop at the airport in Cincinnati, I get bumped up to like an 8.5. It's great. Like if I'm on a connecting right. flight and I have to stop okay, at the I, airport. I think I'm an 11. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Why don't you weigh in and let us know? <laughs> if you count my personality. <laughs> well, know. if you count my personality, uh, I'm like at 25. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's just get back to the show. Uh, okay. So where we left off. Doug Clark had just met Carol Bundy at the Little Nashville Country Club in North Hollywood, which is in the Valley in Los Angeles. And like I said before, they were like the match made in heaven. They were the perfect storm. She was the dumpy, unattractive, quote unquote, lonely woman that Doug was so 
famously into picking up because he could get shit out of them. Right. And he was really good with his words. So he could tell them, you know, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so amazing. And they just eat it up and right. give him free rent and give him money and whatever else that he wanted. And Carol was pleased to learn that Doug was also into her um, pedophilic tendencies. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't see that on any OkCupid. You really profiles. don't. There's no checkbox for that on OkCupid. <laughs> so they really lucked out with each other that they were. Carol was like, hey, if you're interested, um, I regularly molest this 11 year old girl who lives in my apartment complex. Why don't we molest her together? So they would have three ways with this girl um, and take photographs of her and, and keep the Polaroid photographs. Um, so they were was really this in the apartment complex, the girl. Yes. She okay. was living in the apartment complex and this is the same apartment complex that was managed by the guy that Carol was hopelessly in love with before right. Doug. His name was Jack Murray, the but married he, one, the married guy who was the manager. Oh, so, in April of 1980, Carol purchased matching his and hers guns for her and Doug. How, how cute. <laughs> what a sweet way to commemorate a relationship. They called these guns the toys. Ooh. Yes. I think it's very weird. Um, Did they use them for things? <laughs> well, that was it. I'm like, that's very sexual. Yeah. You know, right. It's very sexual. On the night of June 11th, Doug trolled the streets of Hollywood in his car. He spotted two teen runaways while driving, <clears throat> and he picked them up. These girls were 15-year-old Gina Morano and 16-year-old Cynthia Chandler. Doug ordered Cynthia to give him a blowjob and told Gina to look away. And when Gina refused to look away, he shot her in the head and then shot Cynthia while Cynthia was still blowing him. What? That took a dramatic turn. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Shit. So then he shot someone in the head while they were blowing him? Yes, that is what that is what has been reported. That is that is the that is that the seems report. Quite dangerous. It does seem You'd dangerous. Think, right? I mean, not that I have sympathy for him or his dick, but like this is gonna become a reoccurring theme okay. in this episode. So we're gonna we're, we're just hold hold tight because we're going to come back to this and we're going to talk about the okay. uh, getting shot while you're getting a blowjob. Okay. Surprise. Um, so the next day on June 12th, 1980, the naked bodies of Gina and Cynthia were found off the 101 freeway by a Caltrans worker who was there picking up trash. Ugh. That Just, must be the worst job in the city. Not the trash picking up, but they always find the bodies, right? It's always a Caltrans yeah. worker. So he's like, well, shit. Two days later, on June 14th, the LAPD received a phone call from a woman claiming her lover may have been responsible. No, was responsible for the murders. They get this call from this woman. This is what the woman said as the call. They immediately start recording the call. Right. When this woman calls in and is like, I know who did it. She said, what I'm trying to ascertain is is whether or not the individual I know who happens to be my lover did in fact do this. He says he did. My name's Betsy. This woman also on the phone during the exact same phone conversation would also go on to call herself Claudia. So she had two different names during this phone call. Not the brightest tool in the shed here. Right. I don't know what the fuck she was trying to pull. 
brightest on the shed. I'm sorry. <laughs> God damn it. I just ruined my whole case for, for her being a dumbass. Okay. Sorry. I felt like the audience would be thinking that, so I had to comment. Thank you. I don't want to get an at reply or review on iTunes that says I fucked that up. So the woman also starts giving a description of the murderer after some more prodding from the uh, the police on the other end. He said that the murderer had brown curly hair, blue eyes, and was 41 years old. She also said his name was John. This, of course, was a description of John Jack Murray, Carol Bundy's ex-lover, the apartment Ooh. manager. The woman on the phone was Carol Bundy, obviously. Bundy also provided the details of the murder, including the weapons that were used and other details that only the police would know. So they're pretty sure they're like, yeah, we just, she knows she she's knows. lying, but we know yeah. this, this woman knows what happened. Police actually found Carol Bundy's name in a search for the gun record, but inexplicably they never followed up with that yeah which is so fucking insane to me right because they actually had the connection they had the connection so early on and they just never bothered following up with this gun that was a 25 caliber pistol they're like oh the last person who bought this (laughs) in the similar area in los angeles was this woman named carol bundy we got a phone call from a woman yeah they never followed up you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of really frustrating police work that was done in this case on June 22nd, Carol moved from the apartment she had been living in into a place where Doug Clark next to where Doug Clark worked, which was at the Jurgens soap factory, which I don't know what, why it's so creepy that a serial killer works in a soap factory. I it just, is creepy. It's, there's something creepy about that. Is it because maybe I think of them putting the fat of the bodies into the soap? Right. Or I'm thinking of like Jurgens lotion, like Jurgens. <laughs> That's like, sexual. There's like a lot of things happening. I here. feel like Jergens really is the unofficial brand of jerking off. Why? Too. Why it's is always that? Because it's very cheap and because it, it kind of sounds like jerking. Is it like what your grandma had? <laughs> I was like I'm. I am curious. But it's always Jergens. Yeah. Jerkins. My boyfriend likes coconut oil. <laughs> well, he's he's, he's very like, he's a hippie. hipster. <laughs> artisanal. I only jerk off with artisanal <laughs> coconut oil. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, thanks for that dropping that bombshell. (laughs) (laughs) The next day at 3 a.m. on June 23rd, police discovered the body of a woman lying fully clothed in the gutter on a residential street in the by the NBC studios in Hollywood. This was Karen Jones, who was a prostitute. She had been shot in the head with a 25 caliber pistol, the same type of gun used to murder Gina and Cynthia. Police also concluded that it was had appeared that the body may have been thrown from a moving car. Shit. So if you're following along, these murders are all like these bodies are being discovered pretty close together. This is like if they I mean, it's almost like spree like killing in that these are days apart, sometimes weeks apart They're It's not like the killer was taking a break for a couple months like yeah. some other a lot of other serial killers sometimes years they would or just not, not even kill. finding the bodies for a while right yeah. they, the bodies were literally starting to pile up that very same morning just a few miles away a headless corpse was found in a sizzler parking lot wow sizzler that's quite a where america comes to dispose of a body 
That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> I guess I thought that was funny the other night. At the time. <laughs> you had to be there when Rachel wrote it. Because <laughs> I was like, wasn't there a slogan where America comes to eat? Right. And yeah. nothing I mean, really... I see how you got there. You see how I did? You see how I made that <laughs> yeah, connection? I got it. So, um, bad, bad publicity for Sizzler. Right. Um, and they need, they need all the help they can get. <laughs> can lose it. <laughs> this corpse was Exy Wilson. That's spelled E-X-X-I-E, which just side note, I think is a really cute name. It is kind of cute. You know, it's kind of like punk rock and sprightly. Yeah. yeah. It's cute. It's good. Exy Wilson. She was an, also a prostitute <clears throat> and they found her laying naked uh, by the dumpster behind the sizzler in a pool of blood. Like, what a way to, what a way to go out. Yeah. I just, was she shot also? Well, she was headless. Oh, right. So sorry. <laughs> I miss, I, I forgot that. They detail. didn't know how she was dead. Right. But they're like, there's a headless corpse behind the sizzler, but they did eventually identify her as Exy Wilson. And I'll tell you how. Um, so police, through some investigation, they discover that both Exy and Karen Jones, the woman who was found earlier that morning by NBC, had the same pimp. And he told the police that they were last seen together um, that night. Like, he had last seen them together at around midnight. So they were murdered pretty shortly after that, like a few hours only after he had last seen them. Right. And, and uh, at this time, you know, or at least in this case... Um, you know, a lot of, uh, working women would go out in pairs to be safer. And so they, these two women, they had gone out that night to look for work together and they were not safe right. at all, which is really scary. Late one night on June 26th, this is just a few days later. Again, a man was returning home to his house in studio city. But upon entering the driveway, he spotted a large wooden chest just sitting there right in the middle of the driveway. And he was actually stoked when he saw it because he really thought like someone had just left treasure. That's what he said in a report. He left treasure? <laughs> Sorry. So, so he saw a wooden chest and he's like, oh, it must be treasure. I mean, honestly, I'm mocking him, but that's probably what I would think too. <laughs> like, ooh, what's in there? Which obviously, it's treasure. So this man opens up the box excitedly and inside was the head of Exy Wilson. Uh, not, not treasure, not treasure. The head was, Damn. I thought Desi would appreciate this. The head was found wrapped in a t-shirt that said daddy's girl on it. Wow. I mean, I do want that shirt, but I, I it was, is horrible. I was just going to say, I'm going to start an Amazon wish list. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's like really fucked up. It's really fucked up. Exy had been shot with the same bullet used to kill all the other women. This was clearly a serial killer. And it was also discovered that she was decapitated while she was still alive. The head was cleaned and makeup had been applied to this head. And also semen was found in the throat. So it looked like someone was doing some skull fucking. Yeah. Wow. The chest was ended up being traced back to a store in Reseda, which is also in the valley. All these towns we're mentioning, these are all in the San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles, by the way, if you're not from here. So this this chest that the guy found in his driveway was traced back to a store in Reseda called Newberries. 
And the clerk told police that a woman matching Carol Bundy's description right down to the Coke bottle glasses that she wore had purchased it. This is a quote from the store clerk. She was dumpy and kind of ugly. Wow. Yeah. Um, But she also said that she remembered her because when Carol had come into the store, she was wearing a pair of short black leather gloves and that it was odd because it was the summertime in the valley and probably fucking scorching hot. Right. Honestly, it's always odd to be wearing leather gloves in L.A., right? (laughs) Always. I mean, is it ever necessary? It's always alarming. On June 29th, another body was discovered in a ravine in Silmar. This was 17-year-old prostitute Marnette Comer, who was found half-naked, lying on her stomach, and mummified due to the summer heat. She had been shot three times in the chest by a 25 caliber pistol, and her belly had been sliced open. It was later discovered that the daddy's girl shirt actually belonged to this victim, Marnette. I was actually wondering where they got it. Not just so I could purchase it, but just I was curious, like, was it the little girl at the... Right. Like, where did it come from? It was this yeah. girl. It was wow. It was Marnette. So by this time, Bundy, Carol Bundy, I'm going to refer to her mostly as Carol just because Bundy, I just think of Ted Bundy. Right. Carol Bundy had started to lose it mentally. And on July 29th, she got into her Datsun and attempted suicide by injecting herself with insulin, insulin and Librium. She also took a bunch of sleeping pills, but it didn't work. And the book I was reading, um, like I said last week, like it's very on PC. I, I discovered it came out. It was written in 1995, I think. And the book is actually a very credible, well-researched book i'll post a link to it if anyone's interested it's a compilation like a bunch of different stories of different serial killers and this book is really reliable because the author of the book actually sat down with all of the people he's talking to in prison corresponded with them in some way and a lot of this is direct either quotes from them or accounts from them so I just wanted to let you guys know there know that and 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 the book is also kind of snarky too. Um, when it talks about Carol attempting suicide, it also mentions like, which you'd think she'd know how to do that, considering she was working as a nurse, right? <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> so the next day, while she was still in the hospital, she called her old flame Jack Murray to come rescue her, and he did. When he pulled up in his van, she saw another woman in the car. How dare he? I think that's kind of rude. Right. And it wasn't his wife. No, it was a totally different, huh. different woman. Her name was Nancy Smith. Sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a fake name. Because I Googled her name. I Googled her name and I couldn't find any record of this woman. But she's not very instrumental in the story anyway so he shows up to pick up carol who had just attempted suicide she's in the hospital and he's with this woman nancy smith so carol sees nancy and she was pissed and she's like fuck you i'm walking home and she did however she did get back in touch with jack just four days later and they had sex with the 11 year old neighbor girl again so i just want to remind you that it wasn't just doug clark and carol fucking this 11 year old girl it was also jack murray he was the manager he was the apartment manager like this poor girl was like 
just all of these adults in her life were abusing her. On August 3rd, Carol had asked Jack to meet her in the parking lot of the Little Nashville Club. And when she got there, she found that Jack was already there outside fucking a woman named Avril Roy Smith while they like they were inside the van. They're outside the club inside their van. He's fucking this chick named Avril. Carol was so pissed and she just starts pounding on the door of the van like, hey, I know you're in there. And Avril got freaked out. So she left. Um, Carol was not about to forgive Jack for this. This was the last straw for her. She was so at the end of her rope with him. She couldn't trust him anymore, but she still decided she was going to hang out with him. Jack and Carol left the club together and parked a few blocks away and they started to fool around and get naked. There's where things get real interesting. So Carol gets Jack on his stomach and starts eating his ass. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, In the book, it described it as Carol parted Jack's butt cheeks and started tonguing his anus. So I feel like I'm being less vulgar right now. I like that you explained to us both ways, though. Just in case. <laughs> Just in case. Guys, I'm a good person. See, I didn't explain it this way. Wow. I mean, I was clutching my pearls when I read that. I was like, excuse me. I know. I mean, it's very popular now, but it was a little more rare back in the day. And for a woman to be doing it. Right. Carol was really a pioneer for female <laughs> ass eating, I feel like. Um, So she's face deep in jack's ass at this point mm-hmm. in his van um vans <laughs> the year is 1980 so you can just imagine what this chevy Seth, van looked like quite a scene right it's quite a scene they're in the valley <laughs> i wonder if i would to- tell a screenwriter to return this. <laughs> it was too dead on <laughs> while she's tonguing his ass she pulled <laughs> sorry i know i know, I know I'm, I'm a terrible uh, person okay I, it, it it matters okay this is gonna matter okay. and you're gonna hear why okay just hang on tight guys she's eating his ass and she takes out her gun which is in her waistband and while she's still eating his ass she shoots him in the back of the head wow and continues eating his ass a little longer Wait, after that, that? yeah did she say that in an interview apparently these are all taken from accounts i mean that's a nice little flourish <laughs> right yeah jesus i mean she was dedicated she's like i'm gonna started this job i'm gonna finish it okay but jack didn't die after she shot him in the head so she shot him again a second time but he still wasn't dead i don't know how but that didn't stop her from needing to kill this guy so she took out a knife and she stabbed him a bunch of times in the back until he was finally dead but she wasn't done Carol had a thing for messing around with dead bodies. Too. She did? Well, <laughs> Carol takes the knife and starts mutilating Jack's butt with the knife. You mean sticking it in? That's or? what the book implied. There's two versions of this story about the mut- butt mutilation. Uh-huh. In the book, it says that Carol was mutilating his anus. So I imagine that's sticking the knife in his butt. Mm-hmm. And carving up his butt. A direct quote from Doug Clark, uh, which I've seen him say on an interview I've watched of him, is that Carol chopped off his butt. 
Yeah. And he Wait, was, where is Doug during this? He's just not around? Well, we're getting to Doug. Okay. Doug's, Doug's at home. So <clears> Carol's <throat> doing all this and Doug's at their house. And this is late at night. This is like two, three in the morning. This is all going down. So after she mutilated his butt, Carol chopped off Jack's head and put it in a plastic bag. Then Carol took a bunch of porn that was in the van and scattered it all around Jack's dead body. His headless dead body. Excuse me. Let's just be clear about what the scene looks like here. She took the head with her in the plastic bag and also took a bunch of pornographic Polaroids that she had found in his briefcase. And they were Polaroid pictures of him with the 11-year-old girl. So she took those with her. And she also took his gun and his keys. Then she drove to a payphone and called her apartment up where Doug was sleeping in bed with none other than Nancy Smith. Wait, what? I know. <laughs> when I read that, my head was just taken clean this off. This apartment building is like Melrose Place or something. <laughs> like, what the hell? It's really is. I was thinking that too. I'm like, am I reading a soap opera? Like, What it, the hell? I don't understand like how this character... Wait, have you seen a picture of Jack Murray? I have. Is he good looking? He's fine. Right. He's better looking than Doug right. Clark, but he's not... You he's don't nothing. look at him go, he's hot. Jesus Christ. He just looks very 1980. Right. I don't know whatever so i I really wanted to find a picture of nancy smith like what does this bitch look like yeah ready to pop the question the jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money, and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. 
Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. So Doug is fucking Nancy Smith. This is the woman that Jack had brought with him to the hospital to pick up Carol. Maybe that's where they met. (laughs) I don't know. And so... um. Carol is wakes up Doug because they're sleeping. It's like 3 a.m. at this point. And Carol's all excited. She needs to tell Doug what just happened. So she's on the phone and Doug recalls that Carol had been giggling and whispering like, oh, my God, look what I just did. And Doug goes, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Nancy's having a seizure. Nancy's having a seizure. Nancy was epileptic. She was, in fact, having a seizure during this phone call. So he's like, I got to call. I got to call the ambulance. So he calls the ambulance and just as Carol is arriving back home, the paramedics were there taking Nancy away to the hospital. And she tells after the paramedics left and the coast was clear, Carol is like, Hey, Doug, come here, come to the, come to my car, check this shit out. I need your help. I need your help disposing this body. Um, And he gets in the car and he sees a head in a plastic bag just sitting in the passenger seat and Doug threw up because there's because there's a head in a plastic bag sitting and he couldn't take it um and Nancy I'm sorry Carol was like please like I need you to help me I need you to help me dispose of this head first before I take you to work because he also Doug worked early at the Jurgens soap factory so he had to go to work in like an hour so on the way to dropping off Doug there's something always amazing to me about these people having like I gotta get to work on time when they're like committing these heinous crimes. Right. Like, right. But on. I've got to be an upstanding <laughs> yeah. citizen here. Ugh. So on the way to dropping off Doug at the Jergens Soap Factory, they toss the head out of the car window. And can I just say, I, I just imagine them tossing the head out the car window the same way that people used to just toss toss their fast food out of the car in right. the seventies. <clears throat> I used to do that. My mom would say, clean the car. And we would throw it out the window when she was speeding down the freeway. <laughs> we would just throw McDonald's stuff out there. But that's what people did right. back then. You they didn't just threw care. The trash out. There was no such thing as, as not littering. And it wasn't until the crying Native American <laughs> commercial that it became an issue. Right. No, I do remember the joy. <laughs> it's it, They did it exactly but that But people way. still did it in the 80s, too. Right. I and mean, when 90s. I did, it was the 80s. That's what I'm saying yeah. is like it. It slowly became, became more and more taboo. <laughs> I'm so, like, I feel like this, I do throw sometimes I will throw like an apple out because I'm like, oh, that's biodegradable. Oh, I'll throw an apple like, yeah, out. Like fruit or something. I'm like, yeah. I feel like that's, you know, I don't blossoming do it a lot. the planet. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's, it's fertilizer. It's fertilizer. It's fine. It'll grow an apple tree. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So they just toss this head out casually Oof. out of the car. Um. And on August 7th, Carol invited one of Jack's ex-girlfriend over to have a three-way with her and Doug. Jesus 
So mm-hmm. talk about insult to injury. She not only she killed this guy, but now she's gonna be like, and I'm gonna fuck one of your ex girlfriends. They need to get a bigger circle of <laughs> friends. This woman's this woman's name was hilarious. <clears throat> this woman's name was Tammy Spangler. <laughs> Which sounds like a show dog name. Right. So her name was Tammy Spangler. Tammy ended up leaving after dinner. So they never ended up having the three-way. And Carol was pissed. Because she was really horny lately. And she needed to have sex. I get it. (laughs) So she's like, Doug, get in the car. We're going trolling for prostitutes. Jesus Christ. And Doug wasn't that into it, but she convinced him. It was like his bir- around his birthday. So she's like, I'll buy you a blowjob from a prostitute. Uh-huh. We'll head down to Highland Avenue, which if you don't know Highland Avenue, that's in Hollywood. That's a lot of working girls on Highland at late at night. So I guess it was, it's been that way for decades. And they head down there and they ended up picking up a girl named Kathy before Kathy got into the car, she saw Carol and she made it very clear that she didn't do stuff with chicks. Carol was like, whatever. Really? I didn't know that that was allowed. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you? I'd, I'd be like, sure. I, w- I would think I would prefer chicks over men. Right. Like, if anything. Right. So <laughs> Kathy gets in the car and she starts blowing Doug. And Carol pretty much immediately takes out her gun and just shoots Kathy in the back of the head. Which I always imagine like, oh, won't fuck chicks, huh? Right. While he's still getting uh, a blowjob. Right. So there's another head getting blown off mid-blowjob. The bullet actually grazed Doug in the stomach. And he was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck? And I like that's what he's mad about. <laughs> bullet grazing him i just imagine like a ray liotta character like right i don't know that's what i'm thinking when you're shooting someone that way it seems like you're risking not that i care if he got killed but like again this is gonna come up again we're gonna get actual quotes from doug about this issue okay so i have not forgotten so doug's injuries from the bullet grazing his stomach they weren't serious and on August 9th, the Van Nuys police were called about an unattended van that had a very strange smell coming from it. Oh. This was Jack's van. When police arrived, they discovered Jack's headless body inside, along with all the porn strewn around his body. And they also discovered his wallet, which had his driver's license in it. So it made it very easy to identify this guy. And they also discovered that his wife had filed a missing persons report just a few days earlier. Police were able to trace Carol Bundy to Jack, and so they took her and Doug in for questioning. Tammy Spangler was also with them at the time police arrived at their house. I guess maybe they did end up having that three-way. Okay. Um, So, yay, go Carol. Um, And all three of them gave different stories during questioning. Carol claimed that she was home all night during Jack's murder. Doug said Carol was out and that she didn't come home until late at night. So Doug really told the truth about the situation. Tammy just tried to throw Avril under the bus and said, well, maybe you should go look into her. And Avril was the woman that Jack was fucking in his van outside of the little Nashville Country Club. (laughs) Jesus. Avril. 
Poor Avril. She didn't want any of this. She just wanted to fuck I a married man. I think Tammy's like, what about Avril? <laughs> like out of nowhere. I don't know. I need to see this Tammy woman also. Um, unfortunately, police didn't have enough evidence at the time to hold Carol or Doug on anything. So they let both of them go and they went, went after Avril instead. Just based on Tammy's testimony. Avril not only had an airtight alibi on the night of Jack's murder, but also told police that she had seen Carol enter Jack's van that night. So police were back on on the hunt with Carol. They were like, all right, let's look into this broad. Carol, like the idiot she is, wound up telling her co-workers that she had murdered Jack and that she had to leave early to get rid of some evidence. Don't you just love that? That she yeah. was at work one day and she's like, oh, sorry, I got to clock out early. I got to clean up some murder evidence <laughs> at my house. Jesus Christ. It's like, and they were like, wait, wait, what? Uh, on her way home, she called Doug, who was working at the soap factory, and Doug called her a crazy cunt. He then, Doug then phoned the police because he was freaking out and said that Carol was setting him up and he admitted to Carol having pictures of him and the 11-year-old girl and that Carol was going to use it against him. So Doug was like, look, Carol has these pictures of me fucking an 11-year-old, which I totally did, but I did not do these murders. Right. He's not going down for that. Carol also called the police. She was pretending to be Betsy slash Claudia again and told the police about the murders. Eventually, she did tell them her real name during this phone call and also gave up Doug's name. When the police asked her why she did it, this is what she said. The honest truth is, it's fun to kill people. And if I was allowed to run loose, I'd probably do it again. I have to say, I know it's going to sound sick, it's going to sound psycho and I don't really think I'm psycho, but it's kind of fun. It's like riding a roller coaster, not the killing, not the action that somebody died because we didn't kill them in any way that they'd suffer. It was just killing them straight out. So she told them the truth about why she liked doing it, I guess. Yeah. Carol then turned the photos of Doug with the 11 year old girl over to the police when they showed up to her house and when they showed up to Carol's house to arrest her, she basically just showed them everything. She's like, yep, here's those photos of, of Doug with this 11 year old girl. And here's where he murdered this. And here's where he fucked this, right. you know? And like, I almost, I know she's horrible, but I almost admire this, the pettiness. <laughs> she's just going to take everyone down. Oh, like. she's taking everyone down. So when police arrested Doug, he told them everything that he knew about Jack's murder, but maintained his innocence in the other murders, insisting that Carol was trying to blackmail him with these photos. And that's why he didn't go to the police when he initially found out that Carol had murdered Jack. During questioning, Carol gave several different answers for why she killed Jack, including that he stole money from her that he was going to kill the 11-year-old girl, and even that he was going to blame Doug for the Sunset Strip murders, which d did not make any sense at all. She was, I mean, she really led, like all of her statements were very meandering and misleading, and there were so many holes in her stories. Right. Um, 
when Doug was asked about the murder of Kathy, this is the prostitute that Carol shot in the back of the head while she was giving Doug a blowjob. This is what Doug said about that. Um, he denies that this ever happened, by the way, and this is what he says. No, man, I don't care who he is. Who would let a half-blind bitch reach over, shoot at the head of a hooker sucking his cock, and hope like hell she didn't blow a hole in his near chest? I mean, what if her jaw locked shut? Exactly. So Doug was like, hello, are we not talking about the obvious? Why would I do that? She says that I shot these hookers while they were giving me blowjobs, but who would fucking do that? That's so dangerous. And the police were like, huh. While Carol continued to give police very misleading statements, they soon discovered that the same method and weapon to decapitate Jack Murray was used to decapitate Exie Wilson. This was the woman found in the Sizzler parking lot. All the evidence at this point was pointing towards Jack and Carol being the perpetrators of the murders the whole time. But Carol insisted that it was Doug and the police just went along with it. This is where I just was getting so frustrated at the laziness and just the carelessness of this police work. I'm here. sorry, I'm laughing because in an apartment next door, I can hear the X-Files theme. I'm sorry. Oh, that apartment's been on a X-Files binge for the past like three weeks. It just seems really weird hearing this story with that music playing in the background. I'm sorry. I realize you guys can't hear it. Okay, go on. We'll add it in post. Um, so... <laughs> No, it really has been going on for like three weeks. So Carol also uh, continued to claim that Doug had a thing for necrophilia and that she had seen Doug fucking a corpse on the hood of a car while it was still running. But (laughs) I'm not laughing at that. I'm just still laughing at the X-Files. But the evidence pointed more to Carol being the necrophiliac, actually. Right. It's like... The one who smelt it dealt it, Carol. (laughs) And the smell we're talking about is rotting flesh. Right. And you're the one who's probably into it. As she had admitted to eating Jack's ass while she had shot him. Did she admit that to the cops? Yes, she did. Jesus Christ. Can Can you even imagine being a cop coming into work that day and being like, okay, wow. Like you must hear the same boring shit day in and day out. I mean, even though it's horrible, you must, a part of you is probably like, okay, well this one's interesting. It's so unbelievable to me. I mean, what a crazy. I was work today, honey. I don't want to talk about it. Can you even imagine? I can't. I can't. I have never, I I could never in my wildest dreams guess that someone would have done that. Like, okay. Wow. So all this evidence that Carol is really the necrophilia, even that she's trying to pin Doug as is starting to come out. So we have the fact that she was (laughs) eating Jack's ass while, while after he was shot. Um, and Doug was still vehemently denying shooting women while they were blowing him. Like he, there are so many more quotes from him. Like, why would I do that, right. dude? Why would I, mean, I do that? I mean, it is that? a good argument. It is a very good argument. They also found a letter in Carol's car that she had written where she was talking about vaginal death spasms. <laughs> Jesus. Which sounds like the greatest black metal band of all time. Right. Um, which really started, you know, was one of the other things that suggested that she was the one who was fascinated with necrophilia. 
The letter also said how Exie's head had been stored in the freezer and that Doug liked to take the head out of the freezer and into the shower to fuck it. (sighs) These people. (laughs) They're awful. Awful, awful, awful people. Carol also said to the police that Doug had killed another woman who was Jane Doe. She was not identified. uh, That Doug had nicknamed the Water Tower Girl because of where she was disposed. And they found her body in an oil tank. And Doug was like, um, excuse me? I'm an engineer. I know the difference between a water tank and an oil tank. Why would I call her water tank girl if she was found in an oil tank? (laughs) He really did say, he didn't say that exact thing, but this was his direct quote. Only a layman who didn't know the difference might do that. Right. So I just think it's funny that he's like, wait a minute, hold on. on. I need to defend my engineering degree. (laughs) Actually, that was an oil tank. Even though the police had way more hard evidence against Jack Murray as being the murderer, he was dead and they really wanted to put somebody behind bars besides Carol. They wanted, they didn't want their police work to be looked at as shoddy because this was going on and they couldn't catch this Jack Murray guy and he was murdered before they got him. They needed to pin it on someone else. Evidence implicating Jack Murray uh, included a jacket that was covered in blood that belonged to Jack was found in Carol's car. There was also a piece of scalp with blonde hair attached to it that was found in his van, but was never tested by the police and neither Carol nor Jack had blonde hair, but most of the women that they killed did have blonde hair. Uh, Also the fact that Carol just lied so much about what had happened And she had claimed that Doug had uh, even dragged bodies into the garage at one point to fuck them, even though no evidence suggested on any of the bodies that they had been dragged anywhere. And also when they went to the garage, they didn't find any evidence of blood. And she's like, well, I cleaned it up. But the garage was dirty as hell. Like, no, you didn't. This garage hasn't been cleaned. The trial was even worse. Doug Clark's lawyer was fucking terrible. He was an alcoholic and he was wasted during the entire (laughs) trial. I mean, like it can't get worse for this guy at this point. He would fall asleep during the trial. Like he would just start nodding out and Doug would be like, Hey, Hey, you got to defend me. Wait, when was the trial? What year? Uh, like 1982. Okay. So shortly after it was pretty shortly after he was slurring his words he was not being a good lawyer. He even said before it was time to plea. I think it was like during preliminary hearings. He was like, look, my client's guilty, but he's crazy. Right. I mean, it's direct. Right. But it wasn't the time to make no. the plea. Or it was It was like he said the things at the wrong. He was not good. He was wasted. I'd like to just picture him like all of a sudden waking up and be like, order in the court. Or like objection. Like. Like in some bad movie. I just imagine Lionel Hutz. How how is he not taken off the case like immediately the first time he fell asleep? Is it just because people don't give a fuck about Doug basically? They just didn't give a fuck about Doug. And Doug was like, "Uh, can I get a new lawyer please? And they didn't. Because he's not an idiot, even though he's horrible. He's a horrible person, but he's not an idiot. So Doug ended up representing himself. Which is a terrible idea. But not probably as bad as the drunk lawyer. I guess not. And Doug was just being railroaded. I mean, they really wanted to just 
do everything they could right to put him behind bars and they did successfully carol justice was served to carol she was given a life sentence and she ended up dying in prison in 2003 from a heart from heart failure how old was she when she died um probably in her 60s okay um or 50s doug however is still alive and on death row he got the death sentence he got the death penalty wasn't was the death penalty taken wasn't that that's what he got oh he got it yeah he got it um and he's still alive he's on death row at san quentin right and he we don't kill people in california right pretty much (laughs) right we don't but that's where he is and he still maintains his innocence really yeah He's like adamantly, and I was looking at it because this is very fishy. I never side or believe, I mean, I'm not siding with Doug because he's still, even if he didn't kill any of these people, he's a child molester. He's a fucking child molester. And he still knew about these women, what she was doing and that these women were dying, that she was murdering them. So he's still a monster. Anyway, you slice it. And I've watched interviews with him and he is absolutely, he just he fucking hates carol obviously and he just goes on these rants about her and like he's like i used to be an attractive man and now look at me i've been in prison i have a beard and an eye patch and like i'm like calm down doug you weren't that hot yeah to begin with in the first place but i was reading on reddit of course i ended up in a reddit hole and i was reading different like people like no he is innocent yeah he's a he's a terrible person but But he's he's actually these crimes he's innocent of the murders it was actually jack murray which i think is really interesting because because it makes sense why he was killed maybe or why she killed him why she killed him and and carol was really i mean carol implicated jack murray in the first place during that first phone call that she made right she just made the description was made of Jack Murray, not of Doug. And she gave his name too to the police on the phone. So I just thought it was interesting because when you see you Google the Sunset Strip murders, you see Doug's face. Right. And you see Carol's face. I mean, that is interesting. It's interesting that he might not have actually done these murders. He might have just been covering for her and also i mean obviously a really sick twisted individual but then they also stopped so that could prove that maybe it was jack right i mean because they did stop after that and um carol was actually she actually during the investigation carol was like no no i swear it was doug because she was questioned about that like well we haven't had any murders since jack died got it and carol was like no this jane doe the water tower girl oh right she died this date but she kept changing her story about when she died so it wasn't clear it just and the police just didn't i mean i was so frustrated reading because they wanted to just put someone away for it they wanted to put someone away and i mean i'm i'm fine with doug being behind bars just for what he did to that poor girl well it's interesting that he's maintained his innocence Right, all these years, he's never. It seems like someone you might want to just brag at some point to get some like cachet in prison or something, right? right? And he's admitted to the other stuff. He admitted to yeah, Yeah, I knew about the murders, yeah, and I knew about um, oh, and I was molesting that girl, and I knew what Carol had done to Jack, 
like he admits to all that other stuff. Why wouldn't he just admit to killing people also? That's yeah. what I don't get. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm really, I really can't believe it, but I'm really leaning towards his innocence on the murders. Not that he wasn't a horrible person. Yes. He was. But the evidence really does seem to be that... At least it's reasonable doubt, right? It is reasonable doubt. I mean, it really seems like Jack Murray could have been I'm the one killing I'm surprised with his people. lawyer, he wasn't able to get a new trial. Because that seems like a no-brainer. Especially right. with a death row. Right. Case. I, I, I don't know. know. It, it just... This book that I read was the most comprehensive with the information. I was really shocked with how crazy this... I'm really I'm really surprised with how crazy this story is that there hasn't been more movies about it. Yeah, especially with a woman. Because right. it always acts like Eileen Warnes was the first female serial killer, but it seems like this woman really... I mean, I don't know if it was the first, but... I mean, it, I don't... Certainly, like... Yeah, this story is crazy. It's, cr- it's really crazy. And I know they made that, like, TV show Wicked about that was loosely based on this, but that was only out for like three episodes or something before right. it got canceled. I never even saw it, but I, I didn't know about the sunset strip killers and like really what it was about until researching this episode. So I was shocked. Yeah. And also, like you said, to find out that it was a female serial killer, which is uh, a lot, a lot rarer in the case of serial killers you'd think it would be more of a um, sensationalized story. And taking place in Hollywood and all of these elements, right? Maybe it was it's, too gruesome. Right, maybe. I mean, it is very it is very gruesome. It's also a very sexual yeah. aspect to it. So and maybe it's just too much. Yeah, um, I guess. Huh. Yeah. Not for us. Not for me, but I'm, I just want to say I'm done. I'm happy to be done with this case because these people are absolute fucking sick, disgusting monsters. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this episode, though. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And I think, well, we talked about our Patreon, but we also have social media accounts you can follow us on. Yep. Email us. Send us tweets. We love hearing from you. (laughs) Um, I think that's it. That's it. Yep. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Taters, Mom.